out of their nine kids. So, man, talk about a quiver full. I think that's, that's at least two quivers. So you done good. And we met them out in California. They were uh, coming back and forth from Greek Orthodox Church to Trinity where I was pastor. So we got uh, close to them and actually had a little part in launching them into their ministry. And uh, Kathy uh, graduated from UCLA, was a part of the championship tennis team. She played in Wimbledon, which gives you an idea of the, the kind of tennis that she played and still plays, uh, coaches, tennis, and uh, cool indeed. So let's, uh, let's uh, bless them, and as we do with them, let's bless the children. Kids stand, a couple of you come on up here, put your hands on them as we... Bless them as, as they share what God has given to them to share. Kathy and I used to go to the farmer's market in California, and I remember our cool. Erica. Yeah, Erica and Becca were like five years old, the salt and pepper twins, and we've uh, shared a lot together. We, are just, we just love this family. And, you know, whenever I thought, oh, my goodness, I have six chi- Oh. I only have six children, seven, one baby in heaven. So and between the two of us, we have fifteen <laughs> kids. Here. Sixteen. Sixteen. Nine. Fifteen. Sorry, right. I didn't go to UCLA. <laughs> so thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Families are your idea. Husband, wives, and children. Father, you have blessed the Alex family. Over and abundantly. And, Father, we are looking forward to how you're going to bless us tonight with Chris and Kathy sharing. We look forward to it, Lord. Bless them abundantly. Encourage their hearts more and more and more. That's including the children that are back in Crete. Your protection for them, Lord. Thank you for the time that they have here. Make it an abundant time, even though it's a short teaser time. Mm. Thank you, Father. Give them. Yeah. Do you want to hold it or do you want to stand? You can have two. Uh, they can have two. Uh, they can have two. Uh, yeah. They can have two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me introduce you. Uh, when you combine, like Paul said, we have uh, 15 kids together and what we the last thing we want to do is overwhelm people with this idea that that wow uh, that could never be us and so we want to share a little of our testimony and we want to emphasize our weakness and God's grace and his strength and and that so we'll bring it real uh, that that's our hope and that you are blessed and encouraged that that God has a, a great plan for families and couples and the Great Commission. Uh, we're speaking to young people mostly, but all of us are, are really want to serve Jesus and go out and, and impact the world. So Kathy's going to give a little bit of her testimony that she's not really done before, and especially in a group this size. And it's, it's to... Sh- for so people will understand that we're not like an Iowa farm family. 
I came from the Greek Orthodox Church and I met the Lord and then was attending Trinity Lutheran with, with Paul and then the Lord called me back to the Greek Orthodox Church and there is where I met my wife who was a vineyard Santa Monica out of the Jesus movement with Keith Green. Keith Green's pastor was her pastor. So what, what a combination. So here's a little bit of, from her and then we'll kind of bounce off each other a little bit and see how this goes. Okay. Yeah, we definitely, I'm definitely not from Iowa, Southern California. Um, yeah, San Diego girl. Hi. Um, yeah, I was raised um, in a Catholic um, home. I'm one of seven kids. Um, my father was a scientist. And, uh, yeah, anyway, it was um, interesting because it looked on the outside. We were kind of a good, perfect family. And I think it was okay for a while, and then everything hit and exploded. In fact, um, I uh, anyway, my 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 father um, ended up after 25 years of marriage, uh, end up you know having an affair with the secretary, and that was it. it our whole family just fell apart, and uh, through that, um, you know, there was a lot of issues with all the kids. I had a suicide in my family, the youngest, and. Um, brothers who stole cars and brothers on drugs and and me uh, falling in love with my tennis coach who was married and broke up his family and so um, you know it was uh, and then I had a mom who who said oh this is all normal I mean everybody's going through their problems but it'll be okay you know so um, anyway it was just a a pretty dysfunctional, as you say, upbringing and a lot of issues that never got dealt with. And I was the first to find the Lord, basically. I, I tried all different sorts of religions. I went, first of all, I got, um, you know, I, I went to UCLA and I found a lot of, you know, different kind of people, you know, explored all different sorts of religions there. And, um, and I just was uh, surrounded by Christians on my team. Um, I got bombarded with with the coach, and anyway, it, it scared me. Um, I thought it was a cult, and uh, my best friend, who um, uh, I got to come with me to UCLA, uh, her and I actually made a pack together on the airplane. I want to go on some tournament, and if you get into this, I'll get you out. If I get into it, you get me out. You know. And then she ended up uh, becoming a believer. And, you know, and that's the thing is uh, what helped me so much is she didn't get weird to me. She's still fun. and But the problem is she didn't tell me for like nine months and we started pulling apart. I knew something was wrong. She was afraid to tell me. And anyway, just a long story. But um, when I found out, the night I found out, I just freed. I was so sad that she wouldn't. Didn't have the guts to tell me, but also that it freed me up to, to really trust this thing she was into, and so the Holy Spirit just boom, fell into my heart that night, and just cried and cried and cried of all the issues that this came forth, and my eyes swelled up like golf balls, and I had no idea that I was a sinner. 
I had no idea what that meant, but the the Holy Spirit just <laughs> came into me that night um, in the hotel room in San Francisco. And from then on, um, you know, it, it was um, a time of of getting to know the Lord, just me and Him for three years. I, you know, didn't have a boyfriend, you know, and I thought that was so weird, you know. Here, I, my whole life, I had boyfriends, and all of a sudden, you know, oh, what's wrong with me? Anyway, um, um, I played the professional tour for three years as a believer, and um, finally it was time to retire from that. And um, I met my husband. Oh, but before, before I, I go on, I, I, in, in the, the Catholic Church, as my family was, I was raised in, in, in the Catholic Church, two different um, times there were brothers who came from Africa and spoke, and my heart just tugged. And and then at nine years old, and then again at fifteen, and my heart just tugged. And as I didn't understand that at that time, but as a, as I became, you know, I was a, became a believer at twenty one, and then again at a missionary conference, I felt God just calling me again. And so, looking back, I realized the Lord was calling me at a very young age to missions. So. Um, yeah, so then I, I met, met this dude. I had no idea where I was going to go as a missionary and met met this guy and I <laughs> and uh, he's um, looking, yeah, handsome uh, Greek boy. Um and I thought, okay, maybe God this is this is where you want us to go is is to Greece. And um anyway, so we got married and and um we uh, started our natural flam- family planning pro- uh, program and and uh, got pregnant right away. <laughs> we just didn't do it right. Anyway, um, and uh, and we, you know, the first six of our children, we actually tried to prevent by artificial or natural birth control. And one day, um, a lady came up to me and said, "Oh." You must be full quiver, full quiver. I said, what, what's that? What's that? <laughs> and you don't know what full quiver is. And so um, she gave me a book called Full, full Quiver. If you guys know anything about it, it just really helped explain a lot of things. And, and from that point on, we just I just said, okay, God, you're in charge of my womb, and we'll trust you for the rest. So um, in the meantime... A lot of things happened. We were married, I think, uh, about. Se- well, I knew you for about seventeen years, and um, and it, well, I mean, I was mar- we were married. <laughs> so let's see. I was. Our s- <laughs> a long story, because we were called. I I knew we were called to Greece when I married him, but it wasn't until. You know, 17 years later, that actually we did, you know, finally go, um, and we, we were pre- I was pregnant with my eighth child when we left. Seventh? No, it was Christo. Christo, number eight. And um, I was six months pregnant, and we were busting out of our apartment. We were just cramped in this little apartment, and we said, either we go through the vision, the dream that we Can I say something right here. Um, that way I'll, I'll stay on track. Just to add to this, uh, that we were following a dream that we had had since we had met. You know, she, Kathy said she would follow me wherever 
wherever I went. And I had a call to Greece for years. But um, when we f- fell, like our South African friends say, when we fell pregnant with our seventh child, I think it's Christopher. Yeah, we had planned to come to Greece in 2000, at, at the end of 2002, and then we found ourselves pregnant that summer of 2002. I go, we can't go. 2002. We can't go. And she goes, why not? Because she uh, was amazing, amazing faith. Because we came with, uh, we had no house to stay in other than a temporary place, no job, no, no mission agency behind us. No church. supporting us we um you know the lord had us go to the greek orthodox church um for you know since since i met him i mean he was going before and also to trinity lutheran like pastor paul was pastoring and and also we were going to a protestant greek church in los angeles both of them um so, so god was equipping us he was equipping us with the mentality of a greek what is the mentality of a Greek through through this, you know, th- these churches that we were going to? But we really didn't have anybody send us out. One other thing, God really used uh, Pastor Paul. Uh, Paul, at that time, uh, I, did you? I think you just completed uh, th- your book about dreaming, right? And uh, well, that was on his heart, and we highly recommend it. But. He told us that we had to follow the dream that was in our heart. And he didn't give that kind of advice to very often. You have to go because he was considering the fears he had about starting the Master's Institute. And so we, he, uh, we really felt like he spoke to us that we had to step out in faith, that God puts a dream in our hearts. And uh, we, have to, we have to go for it, and even if you fail. I remember him telling us that clearly. So keep going. Anyway, so we went, you know, and God so quickly provided a job for him, provided a job for Becca on the U.S. military base on the island of Crete, and that's where we've been ever since. Um, Has it been easy? It's been very difficult, I have to tell you. Um, Could, could we put up that map of um, of Crete and and so that you could get an idea of how strategic it is to the Middle East and and especially in this is it it won't work okay go ahead finish what you um you know the the scripture that that comes to me a lot. Uh, this is where we live right here. You could see how um, s- how strategic it is to the Middle East. We're the f- we're the farthest eastern uh, U.S. military base that has free reign to the Middle East because the base that's in Turkey they stop many missions, and um, m- many of the spy planes and the refueling tankers are sitting here. In fact, the, there's four refueling tankers ready to ex- uh, escort the the Israeli F-15s, if they have to bomb, they're on alert. And so I'm out there every day dealing with this. And also through the Libyan crisis, just it's closer he to Libya than to, to Athens. So that's what my job is. I'm a teacher from Los Angeles. 
but I uh, fuel U.S. warplanes. I drive a fuel truck now, and um, so and and we we sometimes forget to pray for Syria. Tens of thousands have been killed there. We have very good Syrian friends, so it's very close to home. So we you know it's, there's a lot. The Russian fleet is in the Med- Eastern Mediterranean, so it's very strategic of what's yeah, happening for the end now. times. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting because somebody told me that has traveled the world on a boat all throughout the world on their sailboat with their, with their kids, Christians, and they spent two years in Israel and I don't know how many years in, in Crete, something like 15 years. They told us that the, the, the hardest place to minister is Israel, according to them, and the second hardest is Greece. Believe me, Greece is a tough place where it's mixed with um, religion, which is Greek Orthodox, religion, and paganism. Those two mixing together, there's a lot of warfare. So we've, we've been through some tough times as a, as, um, a ministry team in my fam- in our, with our family, although I have to say that in America my platform to share the gospel would be my great tennis experience and my 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 um, tennis ranking or whatever you want to say, my success with that. But in Greece, my platform is my kids. They look at me and they say, oh, Panayimu, which is Mother Mary, oh my goodness, you know. So, um, and, and, and they, they're, they love kids. And so God is, just use that so much. I, I, I mean, when you talk about this verse, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Those quivers, those are arrows against the fight of the enemy. Um, you know, right now I have four here and five there, and we do we really? F- I feel weakened, really. Um, it's it's been it's been tough for my older kids the whole you know on and off the whole time there. It's very it's been lonely. It's been you know hard for them um, culturally and all sorts of stuff and a lot of criticism, a lot of persecution, you know, not nothing like Hudson Taylor, you know, who lost kids and wives and so many different missionaries. It hasn't been as like, like that, but we've gone through some tough times. Anyway, the verse that God has given me to help me through this, um, battle that we face so much is, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Our bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And also on Matthew 7, um, the pro- the parable of building your house on the rock and, and what Jesus says, um, if you do what I say, bah, 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 you're, you will be founded on the rock. And, you know, just 10 years of trying to do what he has said has made me very strong. And I think it was upstairs, we were singing the song, uh, It's All Worth It, something like that today. It'll be all worth it. It is. You know, if you guys have any call at all to to missions, I, I just encourage you to get out of your comfort zone you're you're going to encounter God like you've never ever felt, you know, in a comfortable place. I mean, you it, you, you you'll grow tremendously. Yeah. 
Amen. Um, maybe we can get that picture of our our family up. I think there's a Facebook picture of us. Uh, the the Minnesota gal, the Minnesota gal that's watching our kids, made some comment on the phone about my Hawaiian shirt here in uh, Minnesota. But that, I've always been, you know, we've lived on a boat for a sail, a Greek sailboat for three years. My son Costa over here with the neck brace, he was born on our boat. So we've always been a little bit of a a radical, a little bit radical family. Crazy, I'm, not radical. Yeah, yeah. So, but. We don't we 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 don't really know what we're doing much, and we just kind of uh, learn by ma- mistakes. And again, uh, uh, that same verse struck me as to present ourselves as living sacrifices, present our families, present our lives, present our future, and everything we have, because Jesus sacrificed so much for us. Are we willing to give everything? And He's given us the call. He's given us the great commission. And unless you have a calling to stay, doesn't he call uh, more to says, out to the go. nations? He says go, go, <laughs> go. And and we could send our money, and that's wonderful. And and I, uh, some are called to stay, but uh, I think more are called to go. And we need to take up the call. And we need to take it up as families. Uh, the word has come up this week that uh, I believe from this, the Lord, uh, special forces. Or uh, and and we really believe that's what's happening here in the communities. People are being trained in that way, and uh, so we really believe that. In fact, that's I have vision to see this kind of thing b- being done over where we are uh, to 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 institute a base there. We, we deal with military people, and we see how much sacrifice people have made for their country. They're apart from their. If you go on a navy ship, you're apart for six months from your family, and uh, some people longer. And and it's very very hard as as we see in the news on people when they're away from their families. What happens? There's so much temptation, so difficult. But if people get, will give want to give that much for their country or for a career, how much more should we do for our God? And 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 we saw Lincoln yesterday or the other day and. We saw the sacrifice, if you haven't seen that film, the sacrifice that people uh, uh, put up for their country and, um, and what, the, what the great Abraham Lincoln did, uh, gave everything he had for uh, freedom and for the country. How much more are we going to do that for our God? And, and so our, we believe that call is out there. And again, it's not through might, our might or power because I was the only son of a Greek mother who did everything for me. So I didn't r- learn. I had to learn as we went. And, and many of the mistakes are ours. And I want to just tell two stories so that I would encourage you that they're not easy. The first one is not an easy story. But um, uh, we had a, a, pass, a kind of a self-appointed pastor and his wife that were there. And they kind of welcomed us at first. But then for six, seven years, they were opposing us and everything we tried to do. We didn't. We never understood that. We thought it was us. We didn't know. But one time, uh, the woman came up to my daughter, Johanna, and uh, told her, uh, and she shared this later with me, but she said, you know, Johanna, I want you to know that you, that Jesus is nothing like your dad. And when she shared that with me, I go, she's right. He's not. 
You know, we've, uh, if you study the great missionaries, if you study many of the great people of faith, they, they had many weaknesses. But God somehow has made, did amazing things mm-hmm. through them. And, and so the second story, that first story gives a little bit of, uh, uh, balance to the second story. And John, maybe you could come up and at least stand with me as we tell the story, or you, you could help me tell the story. So we could have symbolically, and I think Becca may want to share a story that happened with her because we want to get the kids involved. A little bit with what what's happening, and so um, Johanna uh, interned for Th- in Thessaloniki uh, as a with A twenty one, which is a ministry that works with trafficked women, and that's the hub of of of, of Europe. Thessaloniki is that right? And uh, she was on a bus one day, and she was traveling along. She told me this story as a birthday gift. She, is that right? Okay, you t- I'm trying to get her to, to interject here a little bit, but yeah, talk. Oh, um, go ahead. I want to tell the story. So that that woman, I guess she had told me that, and when I was, oh, okay, that woman had told me, um, tried to encourage me that Jesus was nothing like my dad in high school when I was struggling with my dad. But um, last year, when I was on this bus, it, Greek, Greece is in a really bad economic crisis, and so this old woman was on the bus, and I guess she hadn't paid for a ticket, and so the bus police, they they disguise themselves, and they come and they check their tickets to see if they had a ticket, and this woman didn't have one, and they uh, she was very frail and very old, and uh, she didn't have any money to pay the 40-euro fine that they were making her pay. And they kept hassling her, and she was crying, and everyone on the bus was yelling, like, we're in, you know, our economy's going down, and you're making this woman pay. And, uh, and I just, I did, I had just gone to the ATM and got taken out 50 euro, and I, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of money, and I just felt like I, I, the Lord was saying, you know, go help her, but I, of course, I didn't, I didn't want to, and the first thing that popped into my head was, what would my dad do? And and my dad would give the clothes off his back for somebody, and and so I I, I went over there. But I just you know just to encourage you know as encouragement to me. Well, I, well I don't there's know. more to this. Yeah. She. Yeah. You you cut the story out. Oh, there. Let, let me just it's just a minute more. But she she was struggling on the bus what to do back and forth, and finally they got off and they, they were going to take her home. Did you, did you take her home to try to get her information to get the money later? And Johanna just knew she had to jump off. She jumped off the bus, and she ran up to them and said, I'm paying the fine. And, and they were so disarmed because the, this culture, you you know, a young person doesn't do that kind of thing. And they just argued that you can't do that. You can't do that. Kukla doll. You can't, do, you can't deal with uh, a situation like that. But it, they, disarmed, they were disarmed so much that they let her go. But there was another Greek woman who kind of was – like getting closer and closer and closer, listening to this, and and you know almost to the point where she was being you know rude. But she and then she started yelling to Johanna, "Who are you? I've never seen anybody do anything like that. I've I've, I've you know who are you and, and where are you from and uh, why did you do that?" And she because she noticed she had jumped off her um, her taking her. This, uh, she was waiting for yeah, the next bus. Yeah, she was bus. waiting for the next bus. So, so uh, then Johanna was able to just tell her, you know, God bless her or something. But that idea is what Greece needs with these, this radical Christianity on the street, yeah. the gospel. Yeah. 
the good news, Evangelion, the good news, on the street, not just, you know, people need to see Jesus, and they also need to see signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. But that kind of thing is what needs to happen there. And then we need to spread, uh, we, ha- we have a vision for the nations. And, and that, tonight when I was uh, thinking about it, I really believe that harvest communities and what we need there in Crete is a special forces type of project. You know, you, we've heard of SEAL Team 6. How about Joshua Harvest Team 6? You know, you know, we really, so let's, uh, let's get the vision. You don't have to be a perfect family. No. Say that. Like, <laughs> no. We have our fights and our struggles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're like sure. a, we're like a sitcom many times, but but we 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 uh we just want you to be encouraged that go for it uh, and don't let anything hold you back. And whether and and that even if you're you think you have to be married, maybe God has your spouse out there. Follow him. Follow hard after him. Center in, and and realize you're called. The nations are waiting. Amen. Um, oh, that Becca? guy! Now she's calling you up. It's your turn. He told me that he. <laughs> she just thought you had time. Was you okay? So it's only a minute. I just wanted to share a story. I just wanted to share a story. A couple years ago, I went out shopping downtown in my town. I think I was going to get a pair of boots or something on a Saturday morning, just on my own agenda. And I. My town, Becca. My town. My town is called Hanya on the western side of Crete. So I'm just walking around, and I come across this guy. He's an older guy, a guy from North Africa, probably Libya or Tunisia or something, and he's standing there, and he's just crying out for a cheese pie that costs one euro. He's just asking for food. He's, ask, he's just asking for something that costs one euro. I had never, ever met or seen any beggar on the street there that was asking for food. They were always asking for money. And so I walked past him, and then I stopped. And my heart broke, and I beelined it for the next corner cafe, and I grabbed food, and I just ran up to him. He spoke no Greek. He spoke no English. And I just I, I gave him what I could and just blessed him and continued on my way. And immediately, my plans meant nothing. My boots that GPS, that mental GPS that I had to go to that shoe store, immediately I was, it totally changed. And what I, my mission was, it was, to, it totally was not important anymore. And I just realized, and as I'm walking, I was like, was that an angel? It's like, was I just giving food? And I just realized that just broke my heart at that moment. And then I, what I learned from that, and even in the years following, is that when I'm out at the grocery store, when I'm out doing just business, I want to be ready to be interrupted. I want to be ready for whenever the Holy Spirit wants to highlight somebody. I want to be on a mission about my father's business. And so my challenge to you would be, be ready to get interrupted and actually ask for it. When you walk out that door, be ready because he's got amazing things and it's totally worth it. It's so fun. It's so, it's such an adventure and you get to see such good fruit. And even if it's the smallest thing, like giving someone some, but some food, it could be an angel. It could be Jesus himself. So it'll be worth it. I challenge you. Yeah. Tell me what you appreciated about what you heard. Different ones. They're real, aren't they? Yeah, they told about the struggles. They're not quite perfect family. Anything else? 
a determination. There's a little bit of that, isn't there? One of the things that, that we hope through Communitas that young adults here learn is persistence, perseverance, endurance. That is, that is the end time quality that's highlighted most in the scriptures. That he that endures to the end will be saved. This isn't a sprint. You don't use blocks for the marathon. You don't need to because it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. They're going strong. <clears throat> Anything else? Yes. Their kids have a heart for Greece. Why do you think that is? You know, if you live it, what Karen's dad did in Japan was not done by any other missionaries. None of them. They watched Karen and her siblings, three siblings, go with the parents wherever they went. They were a family. They were a band. They actually performed at uh, Madison Square Garden. They won a they won a family band thing, and she's going to say something. There's a theme here. Got stuck here. Um, yeah, that would be me it's talking about me. Um, no, I I just wanted to uh, say you know, and our family was not perfect. Either. Who is perfect? Nobody. Ours. Oh, ours? <laughs> uh, where's this row? Oh, where's Andrew? Uh, where's Karis? I think they would, uh, Naomi. I think they would all agree to that. Um, but that, that is what I appreciate about, uh, Kathy and Chris too, that they, they just stood up and told it like it was. And, uh, another time we'll tell our story too, because that is our life, uh, that God has used us, even though, even though we're not perfect. And we all know that the Lord can use us how we are. If we if we have our eyes fixed on him, um, all the way through my life, uh, including, well, in my childhood, I, I think some of you girls uh, could could agree with me, maybe from about 10 years old, well, at least I'll speak for myself. Ten years old, I thought about somebody that I might marry that might be somebody <laughs> like this guy. But waiting, waiting, waiting. What do you do while you wait? Well, thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word. The scriptures you gave Kathy tonight and uh, the scripture I thought of also for all of us is, you know, the Lord is our shepherd. Thank you, Father, that you shepherd us. And that Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, you provide everything we need when we need it, Father, when our eyes are fixed on you and you lead us, green pastures. You restore our souls. So thank you, Father. Tonight you have spoken to us and you have restored us, even hearing someone else's story because they have been your witnesses and thank you, Father, for how you're going to lead us. Tonight, we hear we hear your voice, Father, speaking to us. And we say yes to you. 
Maybe some of you heard him speak to you when he talked about a special force team that would go to Europe, specifically to Greece. Wouldn't that be something if you heard it tonight and something stirred in your heart to be a part of a special forces team that would go to Europe, that would move in Greece? Just let that sink in for a moment here. Anything else that you appreciated about what they shared? Mm, yeah, way out, way out of the place of comfort. Six months pregnant, going to uh, an island without knowing where they were going to be, that is really radical. A family, a big family, that, that takes real courage. and yeah, It does take risks. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony, and they loved not their own life even unto death. You're going to take risks if you're going to serve the Lord. If you want it comfortable, don't join the special forces for Jesus Christ. So I pray, Father, that right here in this group, there will be those who will hear as they're listening. If God's not speaking to you, you don't have to make anything up. But when God calls, we say, here am I. And we just wait now. When I was in Kenya as a student traveling the world. I uh, spent a summer in Kenya teaching in a Bible school, and I go out on weekends with my guitar. I do play the guitar, yes. I do play the guitar. You need three chords, and that's all you need. <laughs> and I would go out and play the guitar, and I'd, I'd share the gospel, and I would sing until I lost my voice, several hours worth at uh, high schools, 300 kids and, and opportunities, um, just incredible opportunities. So I said, uh, before I left, I was there for a summer, I said, God, am I coming back here? And here's what he said to me. No, but you're sending people. And so I'm where I, I'm supposed to be. But some of you are going to be called to go. You're called to go to Kenya or called to go to Crete or called to go to Japan. S yeah. <laughs> Get that in there. So, so, so let your heart be open to God to hear his voice because as you hear it, then you begin to prepare. Karen and I, we were going to share, uh, about marriage and family, and we'll do that in January or February because this is about mission tonight. This is about about hearing that call. Some of you are called to be here. Some of you are called to get a good job and to prepare for marriage. Some of you young men called to get a job, work hard, have a family, have kids, have unity, love them, care for them. Because 
to, to go into missions, there are people whose names that you have heard, and if I said their names, you'd be shocked at how strong they were in missions and how poor they were as a family. If there's a prayer that rises on your heart as we're just listening now, and you want to pray it on behalf of the rest of us, you can do that. If there's a word that God speaks, let's just be listening. We're going to go into prayer in just a few minutes. Holy Spirit, come and stir among your people. Build endurance in those who are here through the hardships that they go through. Nothing is wasted. You do not waste trials. You use them to strengthen us, to perfect us, to to, uh, fit us. And so we don't ask for them, but when they come, we embrace them. And we let them build into our heart perseverance. So that we are not just here for the, for the short distance, but we're here for the long haul. We'll hear, we're here to wear down the devil. I want to ask Chris and Kathy if they'd stand up here. And uh, be good if, if some of you would uh, receive prayer from them tonight. <clears throat> Raise your hand if, if you have heard the Lord speak to you either before tonight or tonight and you've... Uh, And it's no better to go to missions than it is to go across the street. Understand what I'm saying? Uh, if you feel that kind of call to go, raise your hand. A lot of them. A lot of them. I want to pray for those who, who feel that call. Uh, those of you, put your hand up again and hold it up until a couple people have their hands on you. <clears throat> so we want to we want to pray for those who feel a call to go. Some of you that are sitting next to them, you may be funding them. You may be the ones God uses because there are so many who are called to go that we need people that have good jobs and are willing to fund their ministry. Father, we are very excited to see that you are stirring hearts. We bless you. And Lord, uh, I pray you would fan that, that flame stronger and stronger in our brothers and sisters tonight. And uh, you've already put vision in their heart, I know. Um, and uh, thank you that they uh, help them to, to really, really 
get what they need to go, but not to be held back by details. Get the training, get whatever they need, and step forth. Open up the doors for them. Um, if they uh, if they need encouragement, send the people for encouragement, the finances, but help them to have the faith to go and uh, to have the passion to go. There's a many excuses to stay, but uh, there's enough, uh, there's so many lost, so few that are going to those, those lost that are out there. And I just pray you would uh, direct them uh, and lead them to those. Uh, we thank you for the city that is, the, the, the diversity that's here, and, and we thank you for the people. Thank you for stirring their hearts. And uh, even tonight, uh, uh, speak to people who may not have even uh, thought about it before. We thank you. We pray that you would uh, just do amazing things in the, the rest of the evening and that we would that they would be speaking and to the right people tonight that are here and to encourage them. Kathy. Lord, you sent out your disciples two by two. And um, it sure is a heck of a lot easier going with a partner. And I just pray, Lord, that you would um, direct uh, all these wonderful, to me, their kids, young adults, to that that right one that you've arranged. My husband and I, we believe that, God, you arranged our, our marriage. So um, I believe in that. I believe, Lord, you can arrange marriages, and I just pray you would do that with all these lovely people who want to give their life as a living sacrifice to you. And I, I just pray you would do it soon, because we, uh, I mean, everybody, all these prophets are saying we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, time is near. And uh, so, God, I just uh, pray just uh, bring these wonderful people together with a wonderful spouse and you'd get the ball going with the family and and get them on out there, Lord, and be that wonderful uh, example of, of unity that a family shows the world. Unity. In Jesus' name, I pray this. So uh, they'll be up here. Karen, if you could be up here. Damaris, a friend of ours, is back there. She's a uh, prayer warrior. If she, if you're able to stay, I don't know if they've if they're still around or if they've left. If if Damaris is still here, you come up and pray. Yeah, there are others who have a, a missionary heart and have served in missions and could be up here and pray. We want you to pray for one another now. We're just going to turn, find somebody close to you, pray for somebody near you. I'm going to be going up in just a few minutes to the next floor and to talk to newbies and those who want to know more about the Holy Spirit. But we'll have prayer here as well as prayer up in the front. This will become then a prayer center. And there's food upstairs. Thank you to those who who prepared the food. There's turkey, and that's a wonderful thing. So you can go up there. But we want you to turn now. Turn and and find... As you're turning to pray with one another, remember now, the Holy Spirit is here. I felt the Holy Spirit just blowing through here. 
in a strong way just now. And Lord, you keep doing that, Father, because we know that it's the enemy that wants to grip our hearts with fear. And you cast out all fear. That's what you say to us, Father. Perfect love casts out fear. You are that perfect love. And our eyes are fixed on you tonight. And we say, thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit will do the work within our hearts and bring us together. Lead us forward.